Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today, we're going to jump into a lectionary reading from the book of Acts. Over the last couple of weeks here at Renewing the Center, we have spent uh, time looking at the person and work of the Holy Spirit. It has been uh, a really rewarding time of study and reflection on our end, and we hope it's been a blessing to you. But what we're going to do today is actually the normative approach that we'll be taking to the daily podcast here at Renewing the Center. We're going to be choosing a text from the lectionary. And I come from the Anglican tradition. I'm a pastor in the Anglican church. If you don't, the word lectionary may be somewhat unfamiliar to you. It's just this. It's a a Bible reading plan. And millions of Christians all over the world read from a similar selection of Bible passages each day. And it frames a kind of devotional context for many liturgical Christians. Typically, here at Renewing the Center, we're going to be giving a 10 to 12-minute reflection on the lectionary. Now, occasionally, we're going to jump off and do a study, a deep dive, like we just did for the last three weeks. But what you're going to get today and in the next couple of weeks is going to be the normative approach to what we do. So if you have a Bible, you can grab it. If not, I'll just read to you. This text comes from Acts 15. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Come, let us return and visit believers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul decided not to take uh, take with them the one who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not accompanied them in the work. The disagreement became so sharp that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and set out the believers commending him to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray that you would speak to us. God, we ask you to renew us in our centers, in our hearts today as we think about the word of God. And specifically, Lord, as we look at this snapshot in the life of Paul and Barnabas, a a time when they encountered really intense conflict. Help us to see our lives in this story. In Jesus' name, amen. So you may be wondering, why on earth would you choose that reading from the lectionary list? And I chose it because it's one of the those raw, real snapshots in the Bible where people get into trouble. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of this story, and then we're going to see what we can learn or what we could hear from the Lord. Uh, th- this is really about what happens when friends disagree and actually run into the kind of impasse situation that Paul and Barnabas ran into. So these two people, Paul and Barnabas, they are partners They're friends. Uh, They travel together. They're not just ministry partners. These guys have been locked up together. They've preached the gospel. They've seen miracles. They've endured persecution. I mean, they've been through a lot. This relationship has been tested. Paul and Barnabas did not have a superficial friendship. This was deep, and it was a, a durable relationship. Paul suggests to Barnabas, that they go together to check on some friends who they led to the Lord in another city. They, they basically wanted to do a follow-up visit to some of their evangelistic work. And Barnabas says, I want to bring John Mark, who's a young believer. Uh, this is the guy who writes Mark's gospel. This is a big player in the gospel story, not a peripheral player. This is a guy that uh, ends up being critical to the Christian story. Paul does not want to take him. He doesn't like John Mark. 
Paul says that Mark had deserted them and left them hanging when they were doing work at an earlier date. And the intensity here with regard to the way Paul speaks about Mark would indicate that Mark had really burned a bridge with Paul, but not with Barnabas. And Paul was the man in charge. And so he says, John Mark's not going to go. And Paul essentially puts his foot down. Now, what we're told in this text, and y'all, this is so important. In one sentence, we're told that Paul and Barnabas, these two friends, have such a sharp disagreement that they decide they cannot work together anymore. Y'all, two heroes of the early church get into such an intense argument that they decide they don't want to work together anymore. This is huge. And I think this is another one of those reminders for us that we really ought not read the Bible in a, in a glossy or superficial way. Uh, these are real people with real personalities, and they had real arguments. And the realness, if you will, of this text is meant to speak into your life and in mine, because we live in an age where we try to our very best to gloss over conflict. We oftentimes think of conflict as always bad. But these men are able to engage in conflict. They did not cover up or hide their differences. And the thing that they disagreed about mattered to both of them. They were honest, and they were likely raw in their disagreement. I, I tell you, I wish that I could be a fly on the wall. I can't wait to be in the resurrection feast and sit down and ask uh, Paul and Barnabas, what in the world, what was it like when you guys were working this thing out behind closed doors? We don't know the answer to that question, but here's what we do know. They part ways, but neither of them goes on their own. Barnabas chooses Mark, and Paul chooses Silas. So neither man decides to say what I think some of us are tempted to say when we run into conflict. They don't say, well, relationships are hard, so I'm just going to be a lone ranger. They remain committed to relationship, even though they're experiencing difficulty in relationships. For us, it is so tempting to just go it alone when we're disappointed in the midst of relationships. And maybe right now you're facing something similar to that. You know, this season of pandemic has added so much stress to all of us that oftentimes we're, we're, we're convinced that we just can't do intimate relationships, that it'd be easier to do life on our own. And in this sense, Barnabas and Paul uh, are instructive to us because they don't decide to give up on partnership. They just say, our partnership is not working very well at the moment. Also, I think it's important for us as we think about Paul and Barnabas to resist the temptation to cast someone as the good guy and another person as the bad guy. What we see here are two godly men in such a sharp place of difference, probably a difference born out of differences in their temperament and personality. And they both go separate ways and end up doing amazing kingdom work. See, there's no good guy or bad guy in this story. There's just a story about people getting into a little bit of conflict and not knowing how to work it through in the moment. So I want to sit with Mark specifically, the, the John Mark referenced in this passage, really passing reference to this passage. He's just sort of the reason for their split. I want to think about he and Barnabas for a moment because I think there's something instructive here for us as we think about our own relationships. So... Barnabas sees something good in Mark, 
despite the fact that Mark had clearly failed Paul and maybe others at an earlier date. There's no disputing the fact that Mark had done something to disappoint and really upset Paul. Paul uses the word that he had abandoned them, which probably means that he got stressed out or upset or frightened and he just cut bait on them and disappeared. That would have been very upsetting to Paul. But Barnabas sees something uh, happening in Mark's life. I think Barnabas is the kind of guy who says, I think this dude deserves a second chance. Paul is not willing to give him a second chance, at least not at this point. And so what we see in a Barnabas is a person who's able to see God at work in the life of someone who had failed and to extend grace to that person and a second chance. Essentially, Barnabas is a risk taker. He turns out to be worth it because he's right, right? You, you hear John Mark kind of flourishes through the rest of the gospel. But in this moment, it was a risky proposition. And I would say for some of you, as you think about relationships, maybe you're a Barnabas. Maybe you're someone who says, I'm prone to giving people second chances. I think it's really important for you, if you're a second chance person, to acknowledge that second chances are inherently risky. You're not guaranteed a good outcome. And I don't think Barnabas was thinking of it that way either. I think he was thinking, I might be let down again. This guy may do exactly what he did before, but I'm willing to give him a second chance, probably because he saw something redemptive at play in John Mark's life. See, God's all about second chances. But the truth of the matter is, some of us are more open to extending second chances than others. I think this is actually a classic description of two different personality types. So if you are in the place of John Mark, as we seek God's renewal in our lives, as we look to renew our own centers, we all need people like Barnabas who are willing to believe in us, even when we faltered and failed. But here's the kicker for those of us who are in John Mark's position. We cannot demand that everyone believe in us. See, Mark had to receive grace from Barnabas, and he had to hear something hard from Paul. And then he had to decide to move forward anyway. See, if John Mark had felt sorry for himself or felt entitled, I think he would have probably pouted his way back out into a bad spot. But he was willing to take the door that was open and deal with the door that was closed. Paul had every right to adopt a kind of wait-and-see posture. I think that's consistent with what we read about Paul and his personality. He was probably a more cautious personality, a more um, justice-oriented personality, and he wanted to watch and see. Now, ultimately, we know that Paul was open to seeing something new in Mark. Um, there's actually a, a what also seems like a throwaway line at the end of one of um Paul's letters where he's in prison and he'll never walk free again. He's in prison at the end of his life and he specifically says, please send John Mark with parchment so that he can be with me and attend to me. So clearly, I think Paul was able to adopt that watch and see and actually extend that same grace to Mark because they were reconciled at the end of their story. I want to leave you with just a few thoughts here. Number one, conflict in relationships is inevitable. I've heard it, people joke that one of the reasons why Jesus says wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am, is because Jesus knows that whenever Christians gather, he's going to have to be there to break up a fight. Y'all, if you live in proximity to other people, you're going to experience conflict. Conflict is not even a bad thing. It's just what happens when people relate. Number two, sometimes people need to walk apart for a time. Things don't always work out really easily. What we see in Paul and Barnabas' split is that sometimes people have to say, we're going to have to agree to disagree. We're going to have to walk apart. And there should be no shame in that. It's painful, but not shameful. Number three, 
Oftentimes, we want things to be more black and white than they actually are. This story is not about good guys versus bad guys. Sometimes things are just hard and differences are there and they're confusing. I would imagine that for Barnabas and Paul, this was a confusing time in both of their lives and they had to open up their hands and surrender outcomes to God. But both of them were ultimately malleable, open to something else happening down the road. And that leads me to the fourth thing. God's heart is always for reconciliation, but we cannot control or manage a reconciliation timeline. See, ultimately, Paul would invite Mark back into his life, and we don't know exactly what happens between Paul and Barnabas down the road, but we can trust the fact that they probably were able to walk into a place of mutual peace and love, even if things were never quite the same. If you're in a place right now to where you're experiencing a lack of reconciliation, hope for reconciliation, but know that you can't force reconciliation. It has to happen in the right timeline. And it has to happen really based sometimes on the other party's ability to be ready to have those conversations. And finally, I think this story teaches us that when we're willing to move in new directions, new things are able to emerge. See, God was at work in this story, even in the hard stuff. Both of these men choose partners and see God work and use them for kingdom work. Actually, the work is exponentially increased. Not only does Paul partner with Silas, But right after this passage, he meets Timothy, and he partners with Timothy. Maybe none of that would have happened if they had not been willing to disrupt the status quo, even though that disruption was probably painful and confusing. So today, I'm going to pray for us and then turn us loose, and Karen's going to get us to reflect on this passage. But I just want to say to you, if you're experiencing conflict, stop and ask the question, God, what might you be up to? What might you be wanting to do? Y'all, I think God may be wanting to work, even in the hard stuff. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your grace today to help us to see and hear what you would want us to see and hear through a story like this. Give us grace to look at our relationships and trust you even there, even in the hard stuff. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's Word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what He wants for you? Speak to Him about these things. Listen for his still small voice and respond to him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center. 